Hello, everyone. I'm Ross Brown from the Southwest Cyber Resilience Centre. I would like to welcome you all to the latest in a series of podcasts from the SWCRC. Don't worry if you haven't caught all of the podcasts, as you can access them via our website, which is www.swcrc.co.uk or all through Buzzsprout. If you and your business haven't joined the SWCRC as yet, don't forget our core membership is absolutely free and we provide you with National Cybersecurity Centre products to keep your business safer online. So this podcast is uh, titled The Threat Actor Landscape and it comes to you from Ollie Jones, uh, who's kindly joined us. Ollie is a senior cybersecurity consultant with Protection Group International who are a digital risk management consultancy who specialise in digital security, capacity building and digital investigations. Um, If at the end of the podcast you've got any questions, uh, you can obviously uh, obviously get um, Ollie at um, PGI or you can come through to us at inquiries at swcrc.co.uk and we'll endeavour to answer them. So, Ollie... um, Thanks very, very much for joining us. Really grateful. Can I, can I ask you uh, the first question? Um, the threat actor landscape often sounds like something that's only relevant to large companies and governments. What does a small to medium-sized business need to know about the people attempting to access their information? Hi, uh, good morning, Ross. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, I think, a really important question because um, there's a bit of a kind of misconception that if I'm a small business, then... You know, I don't need to worry about some of these large-scale attacks that I'm seeing in the news. Um, you know, we often see the the large headlines about when an airline has been hacked or um, one of the doomsday scenarios about a power station or whatever it might be. But it's really important for small businesses to understand that they are still um, at risk themselves. So most actors are actually either after some data um, or they're after intellectual property. Um or what they are often um, motivated by as well is accessing a smaller business to gain access to a wider supply chain. So some of the larger kind of corporate entities who have very good cybersecurity measures um, can often mean that smaller companies are then attacked as a kind of pivot into a, a longer supply chain. So it's really about kind of dispelling that misconception that just because I'm a small business, nobody cares about me. Um, and then there's also the risk as well that we, we might just become a victim because we happen to use a certain type of um, software or piece of technology. So as we saw kind of a few years back when there was some large ransomware attacks um, that originated kind of ironically over in, in Eastern Europe, um, then those did end up impacting small businesses in the UK who happened to be using a certain part, sort of piece of accounting software. Um, so it's really important that when kind of... Um, cybersecurity advice is, is given out about the risks and some of the things organizations can do. Um, there is a risk that if you hold data, then you, you pretty much could be targeted. So um, people just need to be cognizant of the fact that you're, you're never too small to become a victim. And I think that is a really, really important um, point because we speak to so many people um, you know, who, who maybe have fallen uh, foul of cyber attacks. And, and they always think, well, you know, I, I, I'm a one, two, three person business. You know, why would anybody want to hack my systems? But like mm. you say, that 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 whole part of the supply chain link it, it, it is so vital and, and and often seen, as you say, 
as, as the weak link by uh, anybody who try to uh, hack into a, a much larger company system. Sure. Um, Ollie, can you give some examples of threat actors and their motivations? Um, sure. So, I mean, there, there are a range um, of threat actors from, you know, your highly capable um, state kind of linked groups down to um, kind of hacktivists and um, and what we call script kiddies. Um, so it just just to kind of talk about a, a script kiddie, you may hear that term talked about. That's when um, essentially somebody who's motivated to do something naughty or bad online doesn't necessarily have the capability or knowledge to do it. And they just go on and, and use other people's tools that have been published. And generally, we tend to find that they're kind of stereotyping younger people who want to impress their friends or, um, you know, prove something. Um, but many of those attacks are just almost um, accidental in a way. But it's just, I think, important because that term is banded around quite a bit. So a, a script kiddie is essentially somebody who's, who just wants to do something. Um, the more serious end, as I mentioned, the, hot, the most capable people we see are state actors um, or state-linked actors. Um, and again, there's a kind of misconception that then, you know, I don't need to worry about that because my business is, is too small. But um, we've always talked about the collateral damage that can happen or the supply chain effects. So um, in, in reality, a state actor is kind of trying to develop a capability or a cyber capability that they can either kind of weaponize um, or use as a program for kind of cyber disruptive activities. Um, and obviously there's been a lot in the news over the past couple of weeks about the, the current um, issues going on out in Eastern Europe um, and the talk of, you know, an escalating cyber war. So this is where kind of state link groups are looking to have an effect using cyber. And they're kind of, those groups are very much at the, the high end of capability. Um, and there's also an element of kind of state espionage as well to that. And, you know, having an interest in what another state might be just, you know, what their policies might be or, you know, what they're, and recently we've seen with the vaccine research, obviously there was a worldwide kind of um, scramble to try and understand uh, the pandemic and, and develop vaccines. So I haven't got any direct evidence myself, but I should imagine there was a lot of kind of activity going on to try and see what other people were up to. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the biggest kind of um, scariest part of the, the threat actor landscape. Um, but the one really that will, is most likely to affect you and I and, and our kind of friends and, and kind of small to medium sized businesses that we work with is the criminal threat. Um, and their motivation, more often than not, is actually money and um, to use cyber attacks to monetize. And the most obvious threat that we will come across, or hopefully most of your listeners have come across, is uh, ransomware. Um, so I briefly mentioned that earlier, but um, we, we do see now increasingly a number of high profile incidents in the national press. So we've heard about the likes of TravelX or the Colonial Pipeline in the US, but they're paying out multi-million pounds um, ransoms. Um, and that's where it's easy to kind of disconnect ourselves from those thinking, well, you know, we can't afford that, but it's not going to happen to us and we can't afford it anyway. But the criminals are actually quite clever in that they will generally conduct some, in most cases, conduct a bit of research themselves and try and pitch the actual ransoms at a level that they know you're, you're likely to be able to afford and, and therefore more likely to pay. Um, 
and I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of um, quoting statistics, but, you know, the, the various kind of research that's gone around, we'll put it between, say, 30 and 50% of companies have experienced a ransomware attack. Um, so it's certainly something that is very prevalent. And unfortunately, the kind of criminal business model is very successful. So throughout 2021 and early this year, we've seen the ransomware cases continue to rise. Um, so in terms of, uh, I'd say criminals, you know, some of the, the high end criminals are very, very capable actors as well. Um, and other than the state actors, the other major group, which could potentially be a threat to some businesses, is where people are involved in intellectual property theft. Um, so, again, we've seen publications of that kind of in the news about state on state intellectual property theft, where, you know, the motivation is for, um, you know, military hardware or could be power generation and, and kind of other very, very complicated things. But there are cases where small companies that produce kind of a unique um, product or have unique intellectual property um, groups would like to steal that intellectual property to then copy it and replicate it at much lower prices. And it, you know, obviously when that happens, that then does impact some small to medium sized companies as well. Um, and as I mentioned, there, there are other kind of um, smaller groups which um, that can affect some uh, organizations such as the script committees and um, activism. But um, I would say that uh, that kind of uh, covers the, the greatest threat. But, you know, from a day to day perspective, it's cyber criminals that we're kind of most worried about and, and are actually most likely to kind of affect us at some point. Uh, that, that's great, Holly. Thank you very much. Um, I, I suppose, really, lastly, then, uh, how do businesses identify the likely threats, and, and how should they pre prepare for them? Um, okay, so I think the most important thing for organisations is to understand the kind of value of their own data, um, and because that's going to help identify who actually might be interested in obtaining it. So. I think it's really important um, for organisations to kind of commit, whether it's you know the time and the resource to understanding what their most critical data is, and then actually they can provide the kind of best security measures around that core data. Um, so it's kind of impractical to to kind of give the highest levels of security to every piece of data in an organisation because it will then become very difficult to access that data and it, it won't really make it efficient. Um, and equally, not all of the information that's been passed around within an organisation is actually of interest to people. So um, I think the key really for I kind of identifying who's likely to you know, try and hack into their systems and, and why, I think um, initially you, your starting point really is you know, conducting this review to, to know what you hold and, and what that, that data is. Um, as I say, it's, it's not that the rest of the data is unimportant, but um, the risk of that data being stolen is much less than, you know, whether it's a key piece of intellectual property that the company owns, um, a bit of technology, or you know, equally the personal data of its staff as well. Those are the, the kind of most important pieces. And therefore, that's what we want to concentrate our kind of best security measures for and have the kind of most stringent controls over the kind of access and, and sharing of that data. Cool. Holly, that's great. And, and I know we've, we've, we've talked a lot of this morning. Are, are there any sort of final thoughts um, that you'd like to share before we sign off? Um, no, I mean, I, I'm a, a huge advocate of the kind of 
Um, there's there's a lot of advice out there about you know how businesses can improve their awareness um, and their security and you know a lot of the great work that's done through the Resilience Centre um, supports that. But the National um, Cyber Security Centre um, does put out a lot of very kind of useful, practical, affordable information. So um, you know a lot of work goes into that. We've seen you know a couple of alerts the last couple of weeks um, in reaction to um, to the events out in Eastern Europe. So um, yeah, I can't kind of praise it highly enough, really, but just encourage people and, you know, staff awareness is the key to protecting your business. You know, technology can do so much for you, but just making sure your people that are on the keyboards are kind of fully aware of the threats and, and they're therefore able to kind of mitigate the vast majority of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ollie, well, that, that's great. Thank you very much. And thanks for sparing your time um, to speak to us. Um, so to uh, everybody's listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you catch up with our next podcast coming soon. Don't forget, if you haven't already joined us as a free call member, uh, you can go to our website, which is www.swcrc.co.uk. Uh, you'll get uh, your free National Cyber Security Centre products, which will make your business safer online. Um, thanks very much for listening. 